0: Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, we know that this day there's some things that are upon people's hearts. Some are grieving the loss of a loved one. Others are just wandering away, dear Lord, because they're worried or anxious about a loved one. And others are just wondering, where do we go from here, Lord? So I ask that you center us and guide us and direct us that the words of my mouth may be a meditation upon your heart. Dear Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross and settle me as I prepare to take forth and take hold to the word that you have put unto me this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I come to you this morning with both excitement and peace and just on the horizon of great things and as not to say that what has occurred thus far hasn't been great but there is greatness in our midst turn to your neighbor and say there is greatness in the midst sometimes if we don't shout it out we kind of keep it to ourselves and we see certain things and we know great things are happening but we just kind of keep it to ourselves we say well we see it we feel it we think it we believe it but we Just don't say much of anything until we're sure. And some people might say, until we see the brick, the building is not yet built. But it's sometimes the reality that God has put a vision into our spirits that we have to sit back and say, thanks be to God. Ushers, you may be seated. I appreciate your service and your diligence and any of the signals that you send forth to get my attention. Amen. I see, believe me, I didn't miss it. It just sometimes goes right over my head. Amen. Well, this morning's message is simply one that I am both excited to preach, I am looking forward, and it's also a great teaching time um, in the life and breath of the church. Trinity Sunday is a Sunday that many of us have some familiarity with but we may not have been lifted up from the altar in the way that I hope to bring it forth today. If you see on the front of your bulletin, it simply says from the book of John, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. It comes from the book of John and it's, it's a simple item that constantly is repeated throughout the Gospels in many different ways, but John tends to bring it home in the way that John does. And so today I'm going to share with you kind of a uh, culmination of the Christian year just so we can look at together why the Trinity Sunday is so important. The Christian year begins on the front end late November at the time of Advent. Advent is our time where we look and we wait to see God coming forth. As we move from Advent, we prepare ourselves for the holiest of holy seasons. We look each year to be prepared to go forth into the Lenten season. And some of you may be saying, I've never put those two together because Advent is the end of the calendar year. How can you say that's the beginning of the Christian year? Well, I'm I'm glad you're just saying the same thing I said before. The beginning of the year for me is always January 1. But the beginning of the Christian year starts with Advent. It starts with an expectation that a Lord, a Savior, is going to be born for the fulfillment of the scripture. That fulfillment is important to you and me because that fulfillment helps us to understand what salvation really means to each of us. And you may say, no, that's not really that important to me. Well, live long enough, salvation's link to eternal life becomes something we all seek and want to know that God is in the saving business. Sometimes it's until we reach crisis points in our lives that we forget how important those little songs that we learned in Sunday school class. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Maybe it was your first Sunday school teacher or your grandparents or someone who loved you dearly that wanted to make sure you knew God was a saving kind of God whether they kissed you on your forehead, gave you a little candy, something to remind you just how sweet the Spirit of God is. We know God the Father, we know God the Son, and we know God the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we don't seem to know them all together as one. If someone were to walk up and say, this is a test, from the American Bible Association, tell us what it means to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of us would be shaken. What do you mean, tell me who the Father is? Don't you know who the Father is? What, what do you mean, tell me who the Son is? For Trinity Sunday celebrates the fact that Jesus rose, ascended into heaven, and the right hand of the Father would come to judge the living and the dead and that the Holy Spirit has come. Last week was was our Sunday, was Pentecost Sunday and we celebrated the essence of God promising through Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come to comfort us. So Trinity Sunday is simply to represent that there is a triune God. There is one God, three parts, that loves us dearly and made sure That the word goes forth that you, and you, and you, and you, and me, and us, and we have the opportunity to know God is real. You see, I knew that in kindergarten. What are you telling me different today? Because our faith is renewed on a daily basis. Our lives were transformed on a daily basis. In a Sunday like this where we celebrate both peace with justice and the fact that there is a triune God, we know that the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to truly believe. If I were to say to a young person, some of the answers I may receive may be no different than an older person. Because we get to a point in our lives where we are either very, very excited about God and challenged by life, or we are challenged by life and we're not sure we're very excited because we have not seen the manifestation Man. of how good God is. Man. Well, i stopped stop by here to tell you today, God is a good God. God is an awesome God. God may not come when you want him, but he comes right on time. This happens to be the third time I've had the opportunity to come before you because I was appointed in 2004. I was reappointed in 2005, and the blessing is that I've been appointed yet again. When I first came here, it was funny, and I shared this with you. I would go places, and people would say, I used to belong
1: to
0: St. Paul. First couple times it was said, I said, well, okay, did y'all leave yesterday? Because you heard I was coming, or had you gone and left earlier? And they just kind of chuckled. And then I'd get somewhere else, and somebody said, you know, I used to be. And I decided I'd begin praying about what that used to be was. I was at a celebration last evening, and a gentleman was sitting beside me. I won't tell you his name, because I might give it away, but he said to me, My wife used to be a member. And I went to her, and I said, you know, I've been dying to ask somebody, Why is it used to be? What are we missing in the body of Christ, in our spiritual growth, in our walking out of our journey?" that there's a desire to tell us that I used to be there, but I'm somewhere else now. And she kind of chuckled and she said, we'll have to go and have lunch one day. (laughs) And I said to her, I said, there's many reasons. Our family situations change, our lives change, people are seeking other things and building of the community. Our relationships are changing, but yet and still, we want to be diligent to know a most high God so I come to you this morning not with all the answers but helping you to see that there are passages in scriptures that are truly important in the body of Christ and the history thereof but it's important for us to begin to embrace the word fellowship in the word and make the word meaningful in our daily lives it's one thing to get up and say I know the Lord And he heard my cry. But it's another thing to get up and say yes to God every day. Can you say yes when it's difficult? Can you say yes when it's challenging? Can you say yes when your roof is not yet restored? Can you say yes when you get a bad report on the health list and you have to go to the physician? Can you say yes to a Most High God? Today, this morning, the sermon is simply, who is being sent? And the answer is simply
1: all of us.
0: I very rarely will preach an upside-down sermon, but that's what this is. It's an upside-down message to remind us that God has called each of us. And on this Trinity Sunday, we each need to survey and reflect upon our hearts and say, What have we done today that glorifies God? What have we done this day? Not yesterday, not last week, not last month, not two years ago, not where my grandmother was, not last year. But what have we done this morning? I don't need to take a survey. I don't need to take a test. I don't need to even sleep into the depths of your heart. Some of us have prayed. But some of us prayed on the run. I get back with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. call me get in the car before the mosquitoes get me I'm praying right now hallelujah we prayed on the run some of you made a commitment just as many of us had before my prayer life is going to increase and I promise God January 1 and here it is June 11 and the bookmarker is in the same place We left it on January the 5th. Our spiritual well-being, the nurturance of our heart needs time. And God calls us this day to do a checkup. Have you said yes and followed through? Or have you simply said yes and said, I'll get back to you, God? the Old Testament reading is the book of Isaiah. If you look at the history of Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet that did not necessarily respond when the first time he was called, but when he was called and he says yes, he says yes in the passage that is lifted up today in Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Well, you see, he wanted to even make an excuse there. He said, look My neck's on clean. Woe, woe is me. I, I, I can't really say yes this time because I'm just not right. That's what it comes down to in 21st century language. Because at that point, Isaiah had had a theophany. A theophany is just a fancy special word that says he got a vision from the Lord and some of us have had theophanies, some of us have had visions, some of us continue to have visions, and we want to turn over and go back to sleep, close the book and say, somebody else needs to do this. I don't know why you gave it to me, Lord. I'm not the one to build the building. I'm not the one to do the reading program. There's other people who are greater than me, better than me, superhuman, whatever. Can't you get that vision of somebody else? Because you say, I, I, I got to clean that." There's more educated people. They can speak it right, teach it right. Hey, I'm not even a good outside reader. I don't like public speaking. It really makes me uncomfortable. Therefore, can't you get somebody else? Why don't you get that name right back there? She talks to people all the time. Man. People come to the bank, counter, and she just talks to them and everything. Just can't you get somebody else? Man. Isaiah wasn't the only one who had vision. In the book of John, in that passage, they talk about Moses. Moses had a vision. Everybody knows about Moses' vision because it was a burning bush. And a lot of us would say, because I haven't had a burning bush. Lord knows he ain't gave me a vision just yet. Some of us, if we got the burning bush, we would drive off the freeway. It would just run up right off the side of the road. We just, I think I saw a burning bush on our tent. That was that car that had an accident, but you know, <laughs> some of us would see it that way, amen? Some of us have had visions from God, and we simply do like the others do. We try to find a hole in the backyard, dig it and put it in there, and say, if I put a little stop money. over the next few weeks, it might come to fruition. And young people, particularly those who are getting ready to graduate from college, it's a major transition when you go into your senior year. Because this is your last time to have winter break. When you take your finals in December, that's it, boo. You don't get three weeks off no more until you work somewhere for six years
1: or so. 10. Oh,
0: excuse me, did you know, I have to get with the right sister?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: College life is a special season, but as you're approaching it, you have to say, Turn my vision to the next phase of life. Right. Okay. Am I going to graduate school and stay broke?
1: <laughs>
0: or am I going to get a job? I see you, because your pocket is saying, my people say, get a job. <laughs> but I have a few things else I need to handle up on. Don't stay in school at extra time because somebody else is in school. Get your blessing. But work at what God has put into you and say yes. Well, you see, Isaiah eventually had to say yes because all the excuses he was trying to make about my lips not being clean, they really weren't clean. He had Upon him, but the seraphim came, touched his lips, and before he could even think about it, he had to answer the question Who shall I send? And he said, Send me. Amen. You have dreamed for years what your career would look like, and you're right on the edge of taking those last trail hours. And you trying to figure out where the tuition money coming from? Somebody didn't plan for the fact that there's a five hundred dollar graduation fee. And y'all trying to still love on one another, but your lives have changed because they've been on the door and you've been at the house, and you used to them not being here, they used to not being here, and you looking at them like, look at here. And you trying not to get your chest closed down and say, I'm the same number of years older than you was when the baby was born. you a brand new adult. I've been in adult for a while. Mm. Even though there's teaching, even though there's mercy, even though there's grace, you kind of want to look at him and say, what day are you going back to school? hmm Love you. Mm. I ain't been in your house. I swear I ain't been in your house. But there's a transition through every season of our lives that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Step out on the vision. Step out on the dream. Believe even when nobody else believes for you. You've got to see it for God has put it in you for it to be seen. You've got to believe it. You've got to touch it. You've got to hold it. And you've got to stay steadfast. The plans that he's put into each of our lives, worse are worse are worse Investigation. For the scripture says when you hear God's voice and you make an excuse, you still need to get to the point where you can say yes. Because he's a persistent God. He will speak to you in the middle of the night. He will wake you up when you won't be able to go back to sleep. He'll keep calling your name until you answer. And then he says, I will purify you, change you. Renew you, restore you, but make you go places you never thought you could go. And then in the other passage, the other passage in the, the here in our our, our 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 psalm passage, it's part of the the whole lectionary. Psalm twenty-nine comes with the fact that it reminds us that the voice of the Lord is a known voice. We try to act like we don't know what God's voice sounds like. God's voice sounds to you what he knows you will hear. God's voice sounds to you what he knows you will listen to. God's
1: voice into your heart is a voice that's coming
0: to you. Man. He is so powerful. He will make a voice that you can hear. Man. Call your name like nobody else can call your name. You'll be looking around like Daniel. I'm holding. Nobody calling my name. He knows you. He knows your essence. He knows. Better than your mom and daddy. He knows. But he is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He will touch you in place and nobody else can hear and touch. He will speak your name. And you don't have any option, Jonathan, but to listen. Now. We can act like you're crazy. <laughs> He ain't call me. I don't have to do that. That's not my gift. I don't have. No, no, I don't have to do that. Yeah, but you do.
1: Yeah.
0: And your soul will not be satisfied. Your soul will not be strengthened. You will not grow by grace to the fullness that He has made you to be unless you say yes. And don't you say it once. Don't you say it twice. What you say it, you keep saying it. It's like a yes, 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 yes up in your soul. now. Right. Yeah. You can't just say it once and get it over with. You got to say it to get the blessing of peace. That's the peace that's to satisfy. It's deep down in your soul. You say yes and your friends are looking at you like, what you talking about, Willis? Where you going with this? Why you going to that school? We don't have no friends at that school. You think you all had in a bag of chips going up there? You're lost, sure you But that's the school that has the gifts that God has set forth for your life. That's where you need to be. That's where you'll be nurtured. And you'll have to venture out because when you get there, it's not like Garden in high school. When you get on your first big jump, it's not like anything else. Because they don't know you and you don't know them. It's a brand new slate. But so God knows everything about you. Man. He knows everything about Man. you. He knows everything about you, Charlotte. He knows exactly where he wants you to be in school. Man. What he wants you to be doing. And he's told you a long time ago. And you try to act like it in him. Mm-hmm. Can I get back to you, Jesus? That really ain't my gift. Know that God's voice is calling. Know that to say yes is to receive a lifelong blessing of salvation and healing and everlasting life. It's not that it comes without bumps, without bruises, without challenges. But then we go on from the psalm and look at Romans. And Romans reminds us that we are to brace our faith. We are to walk by faith faith by but embrace our faith. And our faith is that we have the baptism, that one baptism, because there's only one true and living God. That one baptism that allows us to be adopted into the body of Christ. That He knows we are His. And we belong to Him. Can nobody separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? And after we embrace that gift, yes. And we know that we're adopted. We know that we are children of the most high God. You know peace. You can walk out of the final and somebody say, How you do? God got that. I'm covered. I done prayed up, I done studied here, I'm brought back to my remembrance. I know what's going on. But we're not cocky, we're humble because we've been adopted into the body of Christ. But then, the big part of it is in the book of John, to remind us that that we are to live that yes every day. Every day he breathes the Spirit upon us. Every day he breathes life on us. Every day he speaks unto us. That alarm clock didn't wake us up, he woke us up. That fact that he said, we need to be born again. and keep saying yes. So you realize that since all of us are being sent, all of us have to say yes. And when all of us have to say yes, we come into one body to keep saying yes. It doesn't mean we have individual agendas. It doesn't mean we have separate things. It means that when we cross this path in the same space, He makes those yeses be yeses for the Lord. He makes those yeses work together. He makes the body of Christ Move like a smooth breath of air. All
1: right.
0: The theophany is a vision. And the vision is bigger than you and me. The theophany is a vision for us to work together from the very beginning. Theophany is to understand that God is the Father, the Godhead of all. And that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and was made into woman. I mean, made by a woman into a human being, but yet human and divine. And in His divinity, He took on the sins of the world upon the cross. Look at the cross. He died on the cross for your sins and mine, that we would have the opportunity for eternal life. Man and But why get the opportunity and then turn around and say no? I can't answer that for anybody. I can't answer why we run. I can't answer why it's fearful to us not to take on the yoke of the Lord. And to serve God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. I can't answer that to anybody. Somebody might say, well, it's not as much fun. And Pastor King, don't say anything when you won 22. You didn't go to the party at all. Okay. But thanks be to God. Sins are forgiven. And the party is not the issue. It's the sins that we continue to do over and over and over when we choose to be obedient, disobedient unto God. Everybody's got something. Everybody's a work in progress. But if your heart gets up saying yes, and then your mind gets on track, and your body gets on track, you're on fire. It can't nothing stop with on fire for the Lord. It can't. It may not happen in the season and the time frame when you want it to happen, but it is of God. It is just like when the seraphim comes down and touches Isaiah's lips. And before he can think about it, he says yes. Will you let God touch you? Will you let God forgive your sins? Will you confess unto the Lord so that you can receive all that God has for you? I hope you'll say yes. And I hope you'll keep saying yes. And I hope you'll find a place where you can walk out and your yeses be big and bigger and bigger. And all you have to do every morning is say, yes, Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, right. If you yes want what God has, you know that you are the will of God. If this is where your faith journey is to be walked out, walk it out right here. But get up. Hear the Lord. Modities He's calling your name. Embrace your adoption papers, because you are a child of a Most High God. Rise and continue to say yes to the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: The
0: doors of the church are open.